Thanks for coming back, folks. It's episode four. If you're still here, you're a diehard fan and we love you. Today, we're talking the Met Gala, obviously. New Vampire Weekend album, Father of the Bride. We'll talk about some favorite tracks and our initial thoughts. Then we'll jump over to Netflix original about about, um, Ted Bundy. Then a fan favorite at the end, the Discover Weekly portion. See what we're listening to. Thanks for tuning in to Featured Picks, folks. So as many of you probably have noticed, this is not our usual upload day. We're, we're a day behind. You may be wondering, what were you doing? What were you doing that was so important? Who's to blame? That you weren't recording. And we the were, answer we is... Were, yeah, you know where we were. We were at the Met Gala. We That's were invited. True. We were That's invited. True. We were there. No First surprise. hand experience. Blame uh, blame the organizers of the Met Gala. God, you know, they sent us an invite. They said the gang at Feet Picks. Harry heard the last come. episode and he really just made it kind of forced us to do Tim it. and Harry, they both reached out to us actually. Tim wasn't there though. Tim wasn't there? I know. That's the whole reason we went. We were trying to close the road to Chalamet and I think he was filming Dune still. Yeah. Must must have been because we just missed things. him. We sent him a text said, Yo, miss you at the Met. So. Miss you at the Met. See you next year <laughs> But uh yeah, so definitely some interesting Interesting looks at the Met. Uh, that's well, that's what it's all about. You wanna, just, I kind of want to open up with the... the uninformed, yeah. The, why don't you go ahead and let yeah. us know. So the theme it. was called Camp. That is C-A-M-P. And uh, Camp is not a reference to an outdoor activity uh, that involves pitching a tent, but rather a nod to a Susan Sontag 1964 essay, Notes on, quote, Camp. Which I was begins. very surprised to hear that, though. I was I definitely. Did not know that. I was imagining tents and khakis. I was too. Leaves. Yeah, because so like, where could you? So go we all that? showed up wearing uh, various nylon and like tent-related things. That might be why you didn't see any pictures of us. <laughs> we <laughs> were kicked out very early. Um, <laughs> we did not get the theme right, and they kicked us out. There was some sort of uh, something was lost in translation there. But um, our, our publicist, uh, they messed up. They really know? dropped the ball there. They they've since been let go. They've been axed, yeah. We've, uh, so we've so anyway, personally. they'll never work in this town again. <laughs> a quote is about the, the camp inspiration, what you're supposed to kind of draw from it. It's, quote, it's love of the unnatural, of artifice, and exaggeration. Noting that with camp, it's not about talking in, quote, terms of beauty, but rather, quote, in terms of degree of artifice of stylization. Another another thing you could say about that. Um, oh. An elaboration. Carry trying on. to define camp is like attempting to sit in the corner of a circular room, as uh, a famous quote. Oh, oh. oh. Wow. Nailed it. very abstract. Nailed it. Yes, of course. And one designer, um, I won't I won't name drop here. I don't want to, you know. We have a close relationship. <laughs> Anonymous source. <laughs> Not being camp would be quote dressing mediocre in ambition. Wow. I mean that is. Wow. Wow. Like every man that went Like every to man that showed up in a black suit. <laughs> Have some pride. Come on. Come How, on. Like, I, I get if you don't want to go, like, crazy arrangement with, like, but then 18 don't, people helping don't you. Don't show up. Don't, Just don't show come. Up. Give don't me come. something. Give me something to work when with. You think, Michael B. Jordan, I'm looking at you. Michael B. Jordan, you got way too much going for you to, to show up in a black suit. Oh, he, he wore some sequins? Crazy. Oh, really wow. Cutting wild. edge. Cutting Third edge, camp. Michael B. So camp. So camp. <laughs> Disgusting. My my khakis and Boy Scout outfit was so much more camp. It was a hit. It was a hit. Listen, listen. There were some bad outfits, but there were some good ones. There were some very good ones. Oh yeah. I think uh, I think it's only right if we discuss our favorites. Yeah. I suppose. Who wants to to go first? I suppose I'll go first. Uh, Brad's Brad's chomping at the bit. I I am. I'm I'm getting antsy. Getting antsy. So uh, Ezra Miller, uh, who you may know as the actor who played the Flash in the blockbuster hit Justice League. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. 
you know, his his outfit much better than the Justice League movie, I Good. will say. Uh, he had this really interesting thing going on. It was like a pinstripe suit, but it had these gigantic uh, shoulder pads in it, and he had like this weird like corset thing going on, uh, and this like white cape. But the weirdest part of it was he had a bunch of makeup on his face, and it made it look like he had seven eyes. And like they kind of, it's it's not even like an optical illusion from the front. They only. look very real. Yeah, like they kind of follow insane. you around depending on the angle. And he had like this mask with him. That kind of looks like Dennis from Always Sunny. <laughs> I'm assuming it was supposed to be after his face, but it looks a little Dennis-like. Um, yeah, overall, very creative. Not just a black suit with sequins on it. I'm loving the diamond corset he's got. Yeah, very That's interesting nice. choice. Very interesting choice. A nice wow. little accent. Uh, I will stand by that the Met Gala is just an excuse for celebrities to dress like anime characters because... Oh, and it's true. That's a, that's a hot mean, take. I, it's <laughs> a hot take. There's a lot of side-by-sides. You, you, you cannot prove me wrong. I, dude, I'm I'm definitely not trying to do that. I'm just saying. I have to agree. Know, I'll put it out there to the fans. Show me an example that I just couldn't pull some somebody from Google Images and, and put them side-by-side. Side. That's right. They would look identical. You'll fail. You will fail. Anyways, Ezra Miller stole the show for me. Interesting. Well, uh, Ezra stole the show for Brad, but you know who really caught my eye? Oh. You know who just who could really, it be? You know who just be? really stood out? Could it perhaps be a callback? Is it a friend of the show? It might be a callback. <laughs> perhaps you remember uh, one of our famous youngest children um, from our previous episode. Oh. That's a callback. And That's Discover callback. Weekly Pick. And Discover Weekly Pick from uh-huh. last week. It's been a Harry Styles couple of weeks, I guess. It's Look, it's been a Harry Styles couple of years. I mean, let's, ever, be, let's be real. Come on now. With this out. Don't get me started. We're talking Met here. Talking Met. Harry Styles shows up in a black lace mesh uh, outfit. I, yeah, I don't know what to... Is it a... I don't, a mesh feels like the most accurate. It is. I would it say... Me, nice I have mesh. to say mesh. It's like it could be like an opaque lace, though. It could be. It. Could I be. would say opaque don't lace. Don't think of it as like a mesh like tank top that some weird guy in the <laughs> 80s is wearing. It's not like that kind of mesh. It straight up looks like it was designed for a female, but he is wearing it. And, and he's killing it. I think that's pretty accurate. And he's, he's owning it. He's serving. He's very, very. I would gone. say it. It, it nears more a blouse. It does sh- look like a, a blouse. I would agree. Like a Seinfeld blouse. A Seinfeld blouse. A uh, few, a few details I'm loving. Uh, he's got one dangly earring, oh. with, which looks like an oblong pearl. Classic, like, um, like that oblong, uh, like that that painting. That's the, right. The girl with the pearl, girl with the pearl earring. earring. That's right. Harry's earrings are better though. Yeah, Let me talk obviously. rings. Oh. Man's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven rings on. A call out to Ariana Grande, possibly? You won't know this because this is an audio medium, but Thomas has become quite the ring uh, aficionado oh, recently. Just, how many Ladies got, and gentlemen, got one all day? I've got just one on today, but I do have three in my possession. <laughs> Keeping it understated today for recording. I, uh, I didn't want to I don't want to show out. You know, I didn't want to yeah, overstage anybody. But, he uh, wore his six other ones to the Mets, so I did. he didn't want to outfit <laughs> They were all diamond rings. (laughs) Harry Styles shows up. He's got uh, a fat letters on his ring and pinky finger. HS, Harry Styles, baller move. Wow. So baller. On top of this, man's got his nails painted. Man's got his nails painted. Not for me, but you know, sky blue, navy blue. Two blues. Two blues. Two blues. A bold Not the same fingers, though, right? Not the same nation. That's That's right. That's right. They're, uh, exactly. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason, too, with how he painted them, because the two fingers are blue on his right hand, and the two fingers are sky blue on his right hand. Oh, so we got a reverse. We got inside three are the same on each hand, but reversed, and the outside two are the same. How very camp. How very camp. camp. (laughs) Let me tell you. Camp with that in a corner. A lot of ambition there. I'll tell you that much. A lot of ambition. 
But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was Harry Styles. He Josh? he was killing it. Um, Speaking was, of big ambition, Jared Leto really. I mean, he cut through for me. I would say so. Dare I say a head above the rest? <laughs> you could say so. The man shows up with a mannequin head of that looks just like that is him, a convincing with head. A wig and a beard and like the same eyes, and yeah. he's just holding it up. I saw the first picture I saw was him holding it out the top of the sunroof of his limo. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Jared Leto, known normal man. He's wearing uh, like this red, like it's like. I don't even know how to describe it. It's a like tunic? a turtleneck dress, long sleeve, like yeah, red, bright red. It looks like, like very a, an absurd amount of diamonds, like just around, like draped on him. Those diamonds are blinding too. It's There's very like, like Middle Eastern royalty. Almost. Yeah, it does like, feel that way. And it looks like he has like some like kind of those mesh type of lace, whatever gloves Glove, on too. Yeah, with additional diamond accents obviously of looks course. like it looks like a dangly silver and bracelet a fun moment he was on the the pink carpet not the red carpet and he tosses his head to Sean Mendez I believe <laughs> oh how nice uh yeah so there's a nice picture of Sean Mendez catching the severed head of Jared Leto on the, the, the pink that's carpet a, Jared that's Leto. a moment you'll never forget Mendez though uh, a black suit with a mild stud pattern on it I, again just, I like the studs but if very you're invited minimal. to the Met Gala again you cannot be shown up in a black suit you have to show out you have to there's no getting around it it's it's known it is known but so we have a couple of other dashing looks uh Kanye West of course yeah he was in the building he was in the building shows up in full head to toe dickies that's right uh, a very interesting well, choice now and, and, and easy and easy course, no, no dickies shoes now but no way he's wearing a 45 dollars zip up black dickies jacket a man of the people but I'll tell you why Go, oh, enlighten we, us. Kim recently um, told us that, it's in very, an exclusive interview off, off air, um, <laughs> that Kanye told her, I'm just going to put on the most boring thing possible and stand in the background so that you can shine. Oh. This is, this is your moment. Because when they first came together, she was his plus one, right? Mm-hmm. And he was, I didn't know that. He yeah. was balling out, and she was just kind of there. Was that the famous Ballman jacket? No, it was a, a little oh, earlier. Okay, earlier. Ballman, gotcha. I think, was a couple of years back. That was like Ballman. That was a favorite. Look. Yeah, was the only one. man to pull off jeans at the Met Gala. <laughs> one guy. One guy tried this year. Who was a Schwarzenegger or something? Not Arnold. The other one. Oh yeah, that was. I did and like not a, care he was wearing like a suit top and like a cowboy hat, and it's like stop. Just what stop you what you're doing. Stop Florida Georgia line, boy. <laughs> Get that out of here. We'll have to yell in here. Boy, you Florida Georgia, <laughs> Florida Georgia line, line looking at. Oh, Man, I love it. Yeah. That's very sweet, though. I I, I saw that in the uh, in the same interview when we were yeah, there. Yeah, we were with Kim. Kim. Yeah, with Kim. Um, it Kyle was really Bassett's, sweet. We flew out. Brad, the show, Kim Kardashian. Brad could make it. He had work. Understandable. You know, somebody's got to make some Squarespace pages. That's you right. Know? It's That's it's right. a tough job, but somebody's got to do somebody's it. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Um, we also had good old Frankie Ocean there, looking like a valet driver, looking exactly uh, like a valet Prada driver. in the pro- but... like the five hundred dollar Prada jacket. <laughs> his uh, his Instagram story was killing me. He said, uh, "the uh, the valet wears Prada instead of the devil wears Prada." <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, there's just a picture of him on just like it was like a blurry photo of him on his Insta story. He's just like sitting on the stairs. <laughs> He's got this like digital camera with him. Kind of slunched. Oh, I love that. Taking picture. pictures of Jeff Bezos. Yes. Like like a like a 2010 digital camera, not like some nice. Yeah, no, but <laughs> like the Ashton Kutcher commercial. Really well. <laughs> it worked really well. 
Man, yeah. that's a that's a shy man. There's a video of oh, him yeah. just looking real oh, standoffish. I'm surprised and, he showed up, honestly. Yeah. Somebody calls out from the crowd, and they're like, Frank, why are you so cute? And he just, kind of like, <laughs> just shies away. He's like blushing and turns away. <laughs> what, a, what a sweetheart. A true everyman. A real sweetie. A real oh, sweetheart. God, he's just... He's so the perfect. sweetest. A real take home to your mother type. <laughs> little Frankie him. O. Mother's gonna love him. Frankie O. Little Frankie O. This is your mom. Frankie. We do love Frankie. So that was the Met Gala. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of different looks coming in and out of there. As they always some do. Some good. Some bad. Ours good. Very good. Ours were best. I mean, Ours were most on theme, but uh, <laughs> we just were not sent the the poem thing in time. Some found the uh, miniature Boy Scout outfit that Josh was wearing uh, to be a little risque. A, however, a little revealing, you could say. I thought, I, thought, I thought it was tasteful. I thought it was tasteful. There is a reason why you haven't seen any pictures. <laughs> Josh has been paying a lot of money to keep those. Uh, those are just for me. Those are just for me. Those are those are for the personal files. <laughs> but uh, you know something even more exciting than the Met Gala happened uh, this past month Um, a very long time in the making six years you could say six years last week we got the brand new brand spanking new anticipated Vampire Weekend album Father of the Bride lord we've been we've been getting what so it was Harmony Hall the first single we had Harmony Hall those came out a couple months ago at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. Then we had Sunflower Big Blue, right? Was that the next? Yes. Yeah. And, and the think... final was Unbearably White and This Life, yes. if I'm not yeah. mistaken. That sounds great. Yes. Great songs. All great songs. All good stuff we to start. We finally got the full thing, though. Yeah. 18 tracks. It is, a, it is a double album. I'm going to say... And I like every song. I'm going to say 18 <laughs> tracks, and I like 18 of them. Uh, I agree. Crazy how that happens, you know? Yeah. It's so. not like, regardless of my attachment beforehand, I mean, I could always have liked only 17 of 18 songs. I, I want to say, I feel like there's a weird stigma about Vampire Weekend. I feel like people, for some reason, like to harp on them a little bit. You guys, yeah. Do you guys ever see that? Uh, kind of. It's they. They kind of have like this reputation for being like classic 2010s, like preppy right. kind of thing. Yeah. But My thought is, it's that endured though. Their music has yeah, still holds up. The, right. The exactly. preppy part. I mean, that's like if you still think that, like you probably no, haven't been paying yeah. attention since 2010 either. Definitions too. That was just their shtick. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, Ezra's like he's in everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Oh yeah. He's everywhere. But, uh, he's in his room with us right now. He just won't talk. <laughs> he's, he's a time he's in the crisis bathroom. tossover. He's in the bathroom yeah. right now. He'll be back. Yeah. Speaking of time crisis, uh, Josh, what uh, what are you wearing today? I'm wearing my uh, bootleg eight minute Cape Cod tee in the studio to celebrate. <laughs> wow. uh, it's you an running on running joke that in their concert they would play Cape Cod for eight minutes straight just because they could. <laughs> Love that. Why not? Yeah. Love it. It's become well. a cult thing now, the eight minute Cape Cod. That's awesome. The eight minute Cape Cod. There you go. Yeah. I think uh, it'd be best to talk about uh, our favorite tracks. Yeah. Well, I guess my favorite was the first one. Um, favorite in quotes. Tentative favorite. Um, we got to let it stew for working. a little while. We're still and, working. And because like, I have like 10 favorites and then like eight songs I really like. Those are really not tough the favorites. Up, trying to yeah. narrow it down to one. Right. So, I mean, the one that just, it was the opening track. It's called Hold You Now. And it's one of the three duets on the album. With a, a certain woman who might might have heard of before, Danielle Heim of the band Heim. Ooh. A great vocal. That's, Very that's the girl. I, I love Heim. We'll get to that later. The song's called Hold You Now. We'll play a little snip before you right here, just to give a little taste. Oh, wedding day, all calm and dressed in white. All I keeps the memory of one last crooked night. Pews are getting filled up. 
organs playing loud I can't carry you forever But I can hold you now So that was Hold You Now on Vampire Weekend's fourth album, Father of the Bride, came out uh, last week. <laughs> Beautiful track. I mean. So a little little background. So we have, like I said, we have three duets. This is the first one. Um, Ezra said he wanted to, he knew he wanted three on the album, three duets, right? Um, to kind of unify it with like characters. So he wanted it to be the same two throughout. And so... How he arrived at Daniel Heim, I think their voices go well together, kind of regardless of oh, how yeah. it happened. Um, so he was recording with a guy named Ariel Reichshad, something like that. I have no idea how to He's pronounce He's a pretty his last famous name. producer. He's produced for them in the past. Um, the boyfriend, long term boyfriend of Daniel Heim. Oh. And they have a studio at their home where most of the album was recorded. Nice. Yeah. And she just kind of was like walking around. He's like, hey, can you, can you like. Um, do some harmonies with me real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, hey, babe. Oh yeah, if I can help. Yeah, sure, I'd love to. And she, you know, one thing led to another, and now she's on here. We three are three songs in the album. She's all over this album, and then like just kind of backing vocals for like multiple other songs. Yeah, even non-credited, she'll still have like some background. Yeah, she's yeah. she's like all on. over it. I mean, and she's fantastic. We, we right, love friend of the show. Wouldn't have anybody else on there. Friend of the show. Couldn't have anybody else. And another thing I thought was interesting, just from. Um, obviously we, we spoke to Ezra directly before this, um, is that when they were testing out recordings, they would, they would like like different for like mixing and stuff. Yeah. They made sure it sounded good on a phone speaker, like a big speaker, car speaker, headphones. Yeah. Very While they were adding new sounds and stuff. So like if they like added a new sound, they're like, this sounds like crap on the headphones. Let's try something else. That's so cool. So it's. Yeah, it's it's optimized. It, it is six. It's six years in the making. You could really say. I mean, it's they didn't work the whole six years. Right. It took a few years off, but right things like that. I think wow. are pretty interesting. That's, that's it really it shows their their dedication to mm-hmm. it and yeah. kind of like they wanted to make sure everybody was getting that right experience. Well, they knew the they knew uh, the response they would get releasing a new album right. after all this time. Not so. everybody is sitting around listening on studio quality headphones no, either. No. Like there is going to be that one. Idiot who's right. sitting on the laptop speaker <laughs> right. is going, Why does this sound like crap? like crap? But it kind of almost, it, I have a, a little bit of a, a sidetrack here. Go so uh, I kind of feel like that new episode of Game of Thrones where everybody was saying how dark it was and like they couldn't see anything. And the director came out and was like a real dick about it. And he was like, Well, I know it was bright enough because I directed it. I was like, Okay. And I was like, Okay, you probably watched it on your beautiful 4K IMAX Brighton producer screen. And you didn't think, Oh, maybe if millions of people are streaming this at the same time on their home TVs or on their laptops, it could be an issue. Like, I mean, come on, yeah. Whole other issue, but I I agree. That's a good We'll get into We'll have a Game of Thrones episode after uh, (laughs) this season ends. We'll have a lot to say, I'm sure. One last little piece I got to throw in is that little that little choir sample is actually a sample from a movie called Thin Red Line, which I believe is like a Vietnam War kind of movie. It's a very interesting yeah. contrast. Cool. And it's actually a Hans Zimmer actually is the 
the guy that made the soundtrack. That boy so Hans. He really we got can a, do we got, no a Han, wrong. we got Hans Zimmer on the on the first track <laughs> with a, a little. I think it's a little Vietnamese children's choir. <laughs> we got Zimmer on the track. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> I love that. I had to do Zimmer it. on the beat. That's an ad lib. That's an ad lib. Well, I think that's all I have for now. Uh, I'm yeah. hold for hold you now. But uh, I can hold you now. Just for that one song. Love it. So I guess uh, now we'll see what Brad's got to say about his his favorite tracks yeah. so far. What you got to tell us, Brad? Uh, I had a really hard time. <laughs> and, and you guys know this because I was in the group chat for like two days going back and forth about what I was going to talk about. Uh, I was between um, My Mistake and Flower Moon were kind of my two that I was battling between. But eventually I decided My Mistake mm-hmm. was going to be... Hopefully not my mistake. <laughs> oh, very nice. Very nice. But uh, it's it's a very interesting song because a lot of the these uh, songs are very like full and they have this grand production to them and there's tons of different instruments. you got like saxophones and trumpets and guitars and pianos and it's this whole huge mesh of sounds. Uh, but this one is very much like stripped down, very subtle. Uh, there's some saxophone, there's some piano, but and there's some like light guitar. Yeah, well, that's pretty much all there is to it on this one. Steve Lacey bringing that acoustic. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Steve Lacey can do no wrong. Steve Lacey's all over this album. <laughs> Steve Lacey's the dude, man. It's it's weird because I guess I don't know if we mentioned this yet, but there had never been a feature on a Vampire Weekend song before this album. Oh wow! And there realize. is now a ton of features on yeah. this album, yeah. which is really interesting. But they all make sense, and it's really just basically two people. Yeah, no, none of them, like, it never feels forced, and mm-hmm. it never feels like there's too much going on with no. the features. It, it, they all very, feel very at home. Um, I think it's interesting because um, we were talking about how Vampire Weekend as a whole draws inspiration from, like, world music. So, like, from African culture, Indian culture, all of those uh, songs and styles of music. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that although they've drawn inspiration from throughout the world, they've never really allowed themselves to have other people like, right. give them inspiration. Like, directly so. having their hands on Exactly. It. Yeah. So it's cool that this is their first time reaching out in that way. Perhaps uh, symbolized by the world on the album cover. Something, I mean, something to think about. I don't something to think about. about, you know? All <laughs> this coming to together. Who's to say? Who's to say? Um, but yeah, so this song, we'll, we'll give you a little snippet before we get too far into it. Uh, this is My Mistake by Vampire Weekend. I was young back, I'd made my mistake. There was a chance to get out or remain in this state. There was spring. Time and future till I made my mistake. Quick in the night as the stone took its shape. Caught at the border as I made my escape. It was cold, it was dark. I was foolish and late Hoping for kindness Was my greatest mistake That was My Mistake by Vampire Weekend. Very, uh, it, it gives me, like, the feeling of, like, a piano bar, like, late at night. Very, like, kind of, like, smoky feeling. Very smooth. Very smooth. Very a lot smooth. Of, a lot of atmosphere in that song. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um... But yeah, and the, the weirdest part is, is it's put in between uh, these really like upbeat, full-sounding songs. It has Gold Rush before it, uh, or Married in Gold Rush, excuse me, uh, where that's the second duet, 
And it almost is like this Bonnie and Clyde kind of like style thing. Like they're talking about like escaping on a train and like. That's exactly how it feels too. I, I mean, it's sound, it sounds like film noir or something like yeah. that, you know? No, it's great. And then following it, you have Sympathy, which I think is probably the most like almost rock and roll yeah. uh, the biggest, style The song. biggest bop. It's a banger. As, as much as you can call a Vampire Weekend song a banger. <laughs> it is. It is. Sympathy is that. Uh, but that one's like, yeah, so it's, it's, this is sandwiched in between uh, those two really grand songs. And it makes it kind of feel even more stripped down because you have it uh, directly compared to like the exact opposite style of song. Um, and it's got these really nice, uh, weird like distortions in the background. Like you kind of have some background noise from like what sounds like running water, like a stream or something. Um, and there's like a little bit of chatter. You can kind of hear like this muffled, these muffled voices in the background. Um, but yeah, I really love the saxophone on this song. It's like, it's very subtle. It's yeah. very light. And then until it kind of comes in with that little solo moment towards the end. Mm-hmm. It, it, it keeps reminding me of those, like the saxophone comes in at like the night, like those nighttime anime, like YouTube. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. The it's compilations. Like, it's like Frank Ocean, slow reverb. <laughs> as, as, a slow plays, reverb. <laughs> as it plays like a couple of, like two frames of a scene over and over again. Exactly. Like, some like nighttime. That's exactly like, how it same gif yeah, looping. Same yeah. Movie. That's the kind of vibe I got from that one right away. The second anime reference of this episode. <laughs> I mean, really showing all our cards here. <laughs> Look, that's You're just, in it at this point. That's right? for the anime fans. That's hey, not we're, for us. At this point, episode four, we're all family. If you made it to episode four, we can start airing out the dirty laundry. That's right. Um, but yeah, so it kind of tells this this tale, uh, if you will, of uh, like obviously a mistake that has been made. Hence the name of the song. Oh, uh, yeah. You may have failed to pick Crazy. up on that. Did you get but that from genius? No, I, I, you know I did. I'm <laughs> I'm kind of a writer for genius. Don't let anybody know, but. Um, so it starts off, and he's kind of reminiscing about, like, the good times before uh, he made this this big mistake. Uh, and he says, how it's skin under sun, summer breeze, summer break. Oh, I was young then, hadn't made my mistake. Um, and kind of how, like, blissfully ignorant he was about how wrong things would go. Uh, and then as it moves on, he kind of goes on to talk about, like, how quickly everything kind of started to crumble around him. And now he's, he's trapped uh, to live with this mistake. And he's kind of fantasizing about maybe what could have been uh, if he hadn't done this. And uh, it's, it's a very interesting story. It's, it's not too long of a song, so it's about three minutes. Uh, but it's, it's a nice little narration. I, I like the kind of progression of uh, reminiscing to present to longing for the future. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, it's, it's a really nice, really nice little story. Very nice. Uh, what do you think his mistake was? Question uh, for you two. Make sure you're paying attention. He was young then. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You're young, you make mistakes. Personally, I think it was subscribing to the show. Oh, yeah. That's 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 your mistake. I think my biggest mistake would be agreeing to do this show. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we hate being here, is what Brad's trying to tell you. We're having like a Beatles moment right now. We're breaking up. Yeah, there's a little trouble in Paradise. (laughs) This is the last episode. As we mentioned, that power struggle that went on uh, last episode between us and Tom Thomas is is now tried to kind of become a domineering presence. There's three alphas now. It's not going well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a good dynamic. If we learn anything from our last episode uh, with Birth Order, you know that three alphas in a room, it's, it never goes well. Nobody wins. It's, no one wins. Except for the most alpha. The most alpha will come out. Which is me. And uh, by episode five, we'll <laughs> to know. To be determined. By episode five, we'll know. <laughs> when when all, two of us have dropped out of the show, you'll know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Ezra has his own uh, Beats 1 radio show called Time Crisis. 
uh, and they did kind of a, a, a pseudo deep dive over the album. He kind of said that he didn't want to go too into uh, the details and inspirations for certain songs just to kind of leave something for people to extrapolate for themselves and kind of, you know, he's, he said it kind of takes the fun out of it when you just confirm and deny theories left and right and right. you just kind of go, oh, well, it was actually about this. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's fun to leave things to the listener's interpretation. It kind of gives yeah. you the freedom to be like, oh, I relate to this song in this way because of this experience in my life right. rather than it being black and white. This is what it means, you know? Right. Right. So I don't know. I really don't know what uh, the inspiration for this song could be. Obviously very personal. No, I wouldn't say Ezra's making like headlines every other day no. about his uh, personal life. He's not, not some sort of E! News uh, fixation. I don't even like, he has a kid that's a year old and I have... He has a kid? Seen, oh my <laughs> god! I didn't even know that. Him and Rashida Jones have a kid. What? And that's crazy. They're just, like, they're together. They're just like, you literally don't see them out. Hey, they're just you doing their see, thing. I haven't seen a photo of this child. I don't know the child's name. I have He's literally very, no yeah, idea. <laughs> very, very off the radar or off the grid for most of the yes. time. But yeah, if you if you have access to Apple Music, uh, I would say definitely check it out. Episode ninety one, I think. Time whatever crisis. the most recent one is, because it's every couple weeks. Unless so. you're listening to this two years from now, yeah, which well, then got you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's episode ninety one. I'm gonna lock it in. It's, it's my final. Definitely answer. the nineties. You'll find it. The mid only nineties kids get those. Nice. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad, cut that. We're gonna cut that out. Um... But yeah, there's this one lyric that I really like where he says, uh, as the, the storm took its shape, and it's kind of like, it's this really cool way to kind of visualize, because there's always that moment when you know you've like really messed up, where like you realize that you mess up, and kind of like visualizing it as like this storm approaching is yeah, really cool. that's cool. Um, but yeah, my mistake. Definitely was not one of my favorite tracks my first listen to. Just, I think, because it was almost overshadowed by Married in a Gold Rush and right. Sympathy. Um, but upon my many, many re-listens <laughs> <laughs> these past yeah. couple days... We've been listening. It's uh, It definitely ended up standing out for me. It's like a it's this really cool, almost like a breather in between those two songs. Yeah. Uh, really, I, I think in context of the album is when it's like really impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're listening top to bottom. Right, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Don't listen to albums on shuffle. I don't Come on, man. Why Stop. Do We've talked about this. Don't Have do we? it. We talked about it um, with the Lumineers in our second episode. Ah, yes, we did. Um, that's, a long, that's a long-term callback. That's a long-term callback. Yeah, that's some that's some loyal <laughs> callback right there. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. That was two weeks crazy. ago. Crazy. Crazy. Time flies. Time flies man. I mean, I love it. Wow. Anyways, cool song. Yeah, very cool song. Tom. Yeah. You want to bring us on home with I your would. with your fave track? I would love to. Uh, my track is Sunflower Feet Steve Lacey, another uh, featured artist. They actually credit Steve Lacey to be the first quote-unquote featured artist. Um, I think it's because they released Sunflower and Big Blue yes. as singles, so technically speaking, he would be yeah, there we first. We didn't have any of the Danielle Heim stuff. Until no, that was all right. with the album. Yeah, so. right. um, that was a fun little surprise. Mm-hmm. Getting was. that first single to see like a feature on it, especially yeah. when there hadn't been any. It's very surprising. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Sunflower, uh, we'll play it for you in a second, but it has a... Just be patient, please. Just, 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 just wait, wait your turn. <laughs> we hear you, okay, it's coming. 
I think it's really cool because it has a few things, obviously, are very interesting about it. For one, it follows this simple do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do scale. So, uh, da, 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 da. I mean, it's, it goes up and down, but in a very unique way. And they yeah. kind of arrange it in such a way that makes it, it doesn't make it feel like you're just playing a scale. It makes you right. feel, uh, it's a, a whimsical kind of pop synth type thing um, that... I think is very interesting. On top of yeah. that, with Steve Lacey on the vocals from, if you don't know, Steve Lacey is from the internet, uh, the the band. I've seen him online. The World Wide Web. <laughs> the World Wide Web. If you haven't seen him, um, but that's where Steve Lacey is from, and he is the one scatting uh, nonsensical things, saying uh, the. You'll hear it in a second, but um, I think it's really cool to have the mirroring of the vocals and the guitar, so they both are doing the same thing at the same time, and it's very pleasing to hear. We'll have you listen to it right now. This is Sunflower, uh, feat Steve Lacey. Sunflower feat Steve Lacey from the band Vampire Weekend and their newest album, Father of the Bride. You sounded I, like a radio host big time there. That was kind of the point. <laughs> that was kind of the point. I was feeling it, so I went for it. You're tuning in live to Featured Pick. That's the name of the show. <laughs> I, hope, I, was, I, I, was, I was gonna say like <laughs> FP with like a number, but I kind of blanked. FP one oh six six. The feet. <laughs> It's a late night network. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so this was my pick uh, for a few reasons. For one, obviously that riff is so catchy, and it just sticks in your brain. You cannot get it out no matter how hard you try. Um, for all of our guitar player listeners out there, it's very fun. If you haven't considered learning this riff on guitar, go for it. It's super fun to play. Very simple. Whip it out at a party. Everyone's going to love you for it, you know? Except everyone will also hate you for whipping exactly. out a guitar exactly. at a party How- until you start playing something. That's right. That's right. They say, why'd you bring a guitar? You play it for them. They go, I know why you brought you the guitar. You gotta overcome now. the initial stigma. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's, it's a bold play, but I think it'll work. If I- anything will get you past... That's right. Everybody hating you for bringing your guitar to a party. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a nice little, it's the nice antidote. little riff. It's the yeah. antidote for nice that. Nice little sunflower riff. Um, uh, like I was talking about before, how they draw Vampire Weekend draws inspiration from all around the world. This song specifically is uh, inspired by an African rock um, genre. The the riff and the style of it um, comes from a specific song from an album that's a compilation of African rock, psychedelic. Uh, they also call it Afro rock. Um, but uh, it comes from an album, like I said, uh, of a psychedelic rock. I'm really just going over it. And psychedelic over and over. rock, huh? Psychedelic what, what rock. Afro, it's Afro rock. rock, psychedelic rock, African rock. He's biding his time, folks. He he doesn't have any notes. He didn't prepare at all. <laughs> Listen, guy, fellas, fellas, please allow me to uh, easy, easy there. Um, 
Yeah, like I said before, one of my favorite things about it was the mirroring of the voice and the guitar. I thought that was very cool. Um, I also think that Sunflower is going to be the song I listen to all summer. It's already been the song. I, I've been I, listening to it over oh and over gosh. and over. It's been on my rotation for like a couple months now, pretty much since the day it came out. Yeah, I mean, for real. Um, but yeah, that's really all I had to say about it. it there's not a whole lot to unpack. I know that um, with... Uh, the song, the sunflower itself is a symbol of loyalty. And, uh, also oh. they, um, they describe the sunflower as something that sunflowers themselves don't usually wither in the weather. And so, um, it's kind of a hardy flower. And so that's, uh-huh. uh, all he's talking about in the song is just describing the life of a sunflower. Um, just taking so, it day by day. Yeah. Just it's, living. It's pretty simple, but I, I, yeah, I love this song. It is so catchy. It is. I got one little oh. um, additional note I'd like to add. Oh. Um, oh, that's what that meant before. During our exclusive uh, interview with Ezra Koenig. Um, Live on Beats on Radio, <laughs> in which we asked no uh, questions. He said that there's actually an Anderson Pack has an unreleased like video cover of that's Sunflower. Right. I'm so excited Which, for that. Which, I mean, really just... Should it ever see the light of day. That's like just peak Feet Picks cinematic universe right there. I mean, <laughs> everybody's coming in. We got Anderson Pack with a on a Vampire Weekend track. The whole gang's here. I mean, you it's like can, they listen to the show. Wrong. It's like they listen to the show. I, uh, I did have one more note about, well, Steve Lacey being on the album in general is funny because uh, in an Instagram post, um, Ezra talks about how... Uh, Steve Lacey told him A-Punk was the first song he ever learned on guitar. Really? Yeah. Um, and and he, uh, Ezra was saying, he was like, Steve is so much better than me at the guitar now. It's <laughs> it's such a funny, uh, you know, full circle kind of thing. A-Punk is also the first song I ever listened to in the car. <laughs> and it continues to be the first A-Punk song I listened to. A-Punk has a special to. place in many people's hearts. And just to make you feel a little bad about yourself, Steve Lacey is like 20 years old. Oh, so man. 20 years old? Yeah. I did not he know is... that accomplishing a lot <laughs> he's also the one playing guitar on this song yeah um which is so cool dude is I mean, what a dream so if you thought you were doing well in your life if Take you're about 20 probably not probably yeah. not probably not crazy it's it's great that you can have confidence in yourself but maybe i don't know have a like, little reality maybe check. like a look a worldview is probably good <laughs> we, we say at uh 22 and 23 years old doing a podcast for 50 <sighs> hey but you know what yeah, we don't have to talk about but that you know that's what? not what we're here to talk about we're here to have a good time and we are this here is for- the long haul and it is hashtag the road to Chalamet. it is and we will get there we're gonna get there no and matter how many episodes that is a early callback as well for the, that's the real a, that's episode one I think it might be episode two callback. I want to say episode two. Definitely, definitely not one. No. I can tell you that for a fact. Really? Don't even know our own show. Okay, great. Wow. <laughs> wow, didn't know. It's like he's not even here. What are you going to do? Well, I have a couple yeah. closing thoughts. Uh, so there was something that Ezra mentioned on Time Crisis, which I thought was really, really neat to hear. And he said that um, a song will not make the album if it at one point was not his favorite song on the album. So like mm. in order to include a song on the album, he would have had to, it would have to be like the song that he's most excited about, uh, which I think is really interesting because you hear so many albums these days where it's like you have these five really cool singles or the, you know, and the singles are really great, but then all of a sudden you get the album and it's just like 10 tracks of filler. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> An alleged uh, a little a little not Drake here, <coughs> whose Drake. album I was very excited for Scorpion was when that was first announced yeah. because you had God's Plan and you had Nice for What and they were like these really I mean they're really great songs and they're really catchy but then all of a sudden 
the album comes out and it's like 20 songs of just boring, forgettable throwaways. And so it's like with that album, you could ask somebody, hey, what's your favorite song? And it's going to be either Nice For What, God's Plan or In My Feelings. At the the very least, leave them as surprises on the album. Like, don't. Right. right. Don't don't make every single good song. If you're that famous, too, you don't have to be put. You could put out one. He could put out (laughs) Nice For What. He could put out Nice For What, save the other two for the album. Yeah, it's he didn't need. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's, right. that's for another time. That's un, that's up to him. Right, it's up to him. My that's point his creative is, choice. It's just it would be really easy to if you're setting out to make a double album, for example, to be like, oh, well, we have like, even if you go like, oh, we have fourteen or fifteen really great songs, but we would need like two or three more to fill the a full double album. Let's just make a couple quick, you know, one shots and be done with it. Right. It would be, and you'd still have a great album overall. But the fact that they really took the time for like each and every single song for them to be like, wow, this is like my favorite. Yep. And they had uh, a few more that they cut that he still said he like loved them. And yeah. He like released a couple of them, I think, in like Japan only. There are some Drake? Japan no, exclusive Ezra. 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 Oh, for yeah. the okay, for gotcha. the most recent one, yeah. Yeah. So those uh, hopefully those will leak pretty soon. Yeah. Because we need those. I really need a big blue rework. And there's like a sunflower rework. There's like Ooh, a couple right. originals too that are not like just reworks. <laughs> cool. Ezra, they don't even speak English over there, man. like, come Ezra, on. give it to your English-speaking fans. Come on now. But give it to your, your favorite podcast. Not like we're not eating, <laughs> your but... Your favorite podcast hosts. When we do the Time Crisis crossover episode, that's then true. we can do that. That's probably like a couple after Chalamet. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Post-Chalamet, some might say. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts, boys? Well, I just know that they said that after being gone for six years, they couldn't get all the ideas they wanted to get across in ten songs. Yeah. So that's like a big reason also why they did the double album yeah a lot of these songs they've been working on for like years like I, like harmony hall was like they had pretty, they pretty much had harmony hall done in like 2016 I think. Wow. it's been done for a while yeah i think um especially with the six-year hiatus they uh that's why there's so many good songs i think not that yeah. you know i mean good things take time they just do and yeah. uh, especially if you give them the time that they need, I think that they gave every track on this album the time that each one needed. Absolutely. Um, in order to create such a solid album front to back. Um, that's really all I, I wanted to say about it, just because yeah. I, I was wondering why uh, it was all so good. <laughs> yeah. I was. I, I wanted to be like, you know, no, I don't like this. I don't like that. But I really do enjoy the whole thing. And knowing that it's been six years in the making and it's, you know, so much time has been put into it. I think that it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say, if you're maybe a, a hater or maybe not quite so interested, um, you're wrong. give it a chance. <laughs> and you, you're wrong, but give it a chance. I, I think there's probably a track for everybody on this thing. That there's a lot of variety. It's like I mean, there's always the there's the continuity with the piano every once in a while, like the right. orchestral strings, whatever. the duets tying everything yep. together. Yeah, but, but I mean, there's a lot of different a lot of yeah. different sounds that I think work really well that I think people would like on here. So definitely. Yeah. So you know, put it on private browsing and just <laughs> just go for it. You know, like you'll you'll don't you'll let, enjoy it. Don't let the haters. Don't let them stop you. Yeah. This everybody, you gotta go private every once in That's a while. Right. You can't let people know that you're listening to like, I don't know, the new Logic and Eminem or something. <laughs> not us though. Not us. I mean, no, that's couldn't that's be me. me. Um, but yeah, Father of the Bride. Check it out. New Vampire Weekend. Exciting time to be alive. Seriously. Amen. Amen. God bless. <laughs> Anyways, there on a is much a darker note. I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, there is no good way to segue from uh, Vampire Weekend's new album to 
Ted Bundy. We had, well, not necessarily Ted Bundy himself. No, definitely There was not. a new Netflix movie that came out called, uh, I believe I have the name right, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Vile, Shockingly Evil and Vile, mm-hmm. yes, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Nailed it. Real mouthful. Not sure about that. It's, a little it's too not very long. hashtag friendly. It, it is a quote from the judge yes. when he's sentenced, so yeah. it makes yeah. sense, but... It's a little much for a When they said the name in the movie, I was like, there it is. is. He said it. There it is. He said it. Um, But yeah, so it's uh, a a telling, if you will, of the the Ted Bundy story, which, if you don't know, um, he was a serial killer in the 60s, uh, and I guess a little bit into the 70s. -hmm. Um, I also wanted to say, uh, if you're worried about spoilers... It's an old case. Come it's, on. It's, yeah. it's been a while. <laughs> it's it's been a while. To avoid I mean, there's any... not that many spoilers, really, no, in no. the movie, even. It's, it's I mean, it's a, not even know. like... It, yeah, no. It, it. I did some research on it, and it is, it's pretty faithful to the real case. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple dramatized parts, you know, mm-hmm. as there always will be. Um, but, yeah, so it, it basically it covers the, uh, really, kind of his trials, unless mm-hmm. uh, him as, like... A serial killer. It was kind and of like, like a lot of it. Kind of is from like his. Was it? He didn't get married. He just it's his fiance. Right? Yeah, yeah, fiance. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's almost a more so from, from like her. Perspective. Yeah, her perspective. Yeah, it was kind of highlighted. I yeah. Starting the movie, you kind of feel like it's going to be focused on their relationship, and it right. slowly it slowly pans away from that. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting take to kind of take it away from the traditional like um, you know. He's a really, I mean, he was a monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, he was time. probably one of, like, the most evil people on the planet at that yeah, point. If was, not, yeah. the most. Um, but yeah, so it, it chronicles his trial. It starts with him. Um, it it kind of shows a little bit about him and his fiance's relationship at the beginning. And then it kind of right kicks off into him getting arrested for the first time. Yep. Um, and the kidnapping trial, that was kind of his first uh, run in with the law, if you will. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting with his very first arrest. You kind of assume he's going to get out of it because the man gets out of his car, first of all. A cop pulls him over yeah. and, um, you know, he's he, this man just steps out of the car all, all confident. And you're like, he just he thinks that he can't be caught. I think of that. Point. Right. Uh, and that is that is that's the theme throughout the whole movie, the whole time, even while he's in holding, even while he's being sentenced. He's like, I can still get out of it. I've got this in his defense. He does get out of it twice by right, escaping right. prison. Exactly, exactly. Um, that was I thought that was really interesting though because at the beginning of the movie, um, he's this super confident guy, and as we follow, you see that no matter what happens, he remains true to his thought that I can definitely talk my way out of this at some point. Right. You know, and I think that by the end of the movie, he's so delusional to the fact that he still thinks that he can get out of it. It's like he's convinced himself that. Uh, no matter what happens, I can still get out of it uh, right. because that's what he's been telling everybody, you know. Um, yeah, and that's I mean that's the big way that he committed a lot of those murders. Yeah. Is he would like he would have some story or some persona that we would put on, and he would kind of be able to almost put on like a show to yeah. convince people to you know come and help him with something or to you know come to some secluded area and then right. brutally murder them. <laughs> yep. But, yep. Yeah, so I did. I did a little bit of research just to see kind of how true to life this was, and I learned some interesting things about mm-hmm. him uh, and his his childhood. So he was uh, an adopted child, which is actually something you see fairly often in some of these serial killer stories, uh, which is interesting. Uh, you're they're usually adopted into some household that's like you know not the greatest environment, uh, yep. if you will. But I, his childhood was fairly normal. 
Um, there were people who were saying kind of he had some trouble making friends as a kid and he had like a stutter. Um, and it was like, I don't know, he was kind of socially awkward, but he eventually grew out of it. And he was a pretty well-liked guy at his high school, according to uh, everybody, all those testimonies from, from his classmates. Uh, and he worked at the suicide hotline, which is really interesting. Whoa. Which... I don't know if that was maybe some sort of, like, attempt to put on, like, this veil of, like, oh, how could I possibly be some evil serial right. killer? I help people every day with yeah. the suicide hotline. Um, but he actually also studied psychology to, like, which I think is kind of a big reason why he was Jeez. able to, like, rely on his charisma so much. And yeah. it's like, oh, it's weird. It's It's like if you had, like... You know, a murderer who worked as like a cop right. who could like yeah. who was like learning the different ways yeah. that they would like catch you so you could avoid them. Well, also the fact that he studied as a lawyer too. Like, exactly. That's I mean, and that came into play a lot towards the end. You know. Yeah, it's very. I mean, he was for okay. So he was a very smart guy in certain aspects, right? Mm-hmm. But he was a stupid idiot in, in other yeah. aspects. Like whenever he would do one of his personas. His name would be Ted. He wouldn't change his name. He would have, like, this huge story. There's the famous one where he would put his arm up in a cast, and he was like, and he would go to the lake, and he'd be like, hey, uh, you know, I'm I'm really hurt, but I need some help putting, like, hooking my boat up to my car. Will you help me? And, like, you couldn't come up with a different name? (laughs) Right. I mean, come on. You have to know. You have to know. Yeah. And he, so, he would always drive a Volkswagen Beetle, too, uh, which... (laughs) is the first sign of being a serial killer, if you ask me. These are facts. Uh, These are facts. Who willingly drives a Volkswagen Beetle? Back then, though, it was the most popular car out there. Every teenage girl, I would say. I'm just saying. Well, now, yeah, no one's got it. That's got to be, other than, like, maybe PT Cruisers, that's got to be one of the ugliest cars. Guys, I'm going to say... I like them. You like the bugs. I, I got to go on record I like the and old say it. I, they're cool. They're cool cars. I don't want to undermine gonna, I'm gonna them. I'm one. I'm not going to go out of my way to buy one. I enjoy a good bug that's going down the road. Let it go on record. Thomas Oden, exhibiting signs of serial killer tendencies, were loves you, the Volkswagen Beetle. No, I'm the second child, so, you know. <laughs> That's a callback. That is a callback. Um, but yeah, so he, even when he was on the run from the law in Florida, he stole a Volkswagen Bug. God. Like, yeah. the man clearly has his favorites. Right. And another string of murders that matched his M.O. show up yeah. immediately yeah. when he gets yeah. to Florida I'm like, dude. Two blocks you, from the apartment he's staying I'm in. I'm like, you got away. Like, right, <laughs> right. You you're did you're it. in. You're done. You were like, out. You, you think that they're not just going to think that these were you living a mile away? I I thought it was interesting, um, and I, I I think we'll probably cover this, but I mm-hmm. thought it was cool how uh, the way that the Tory was the Tory was told the, the way stole. the story was told uh, on the Netflix original was they didn't show any of the murders. They didn't even show him really go. Uh, they didn't we show saw, any like, of the murders. We saw like the very one end. like tire iron like yeah, swing at the end. very like, end we didn't get like but i think that and it was it was cool because um they didn't show any of the murders and so all you saw was um him in trial him in jail yeah. him with his family and putting on that facade of, and like, it was cool I'm an too old guy. because they they still didn't paint the picture as if he was this innocent guy no i think which was nice because i know that the creators of the show i'm sure had to be careful to not glamorize anything and to not make make it uh you know they did gloss over a couple things like like what so spoiler alert uh the worst crime that they show of his was obviously he murders a woman and he beheads her mm-hmm. with a hacksaw 
but that's not even his worst crime. Right. <laughs> like he, his final victim was a twelve-year-old little girl. They did cover that. They they, they put didn't... the names up. Yeah. Well, no. They in the show she said she said did I read right that one of your victims was twelve years old? Yeah, but it's almost like a side comment. Like, it is. It, was, it is. They, they should have. They should have played that. But more, and but... he would like take the severed heads and he would like dress them up and like mm. shampoo their hair. Uh. And, like, uh, and there, there's a little bit of a uh, little bit of foul play yep, with the bodies, little something, little something, something. And so he ends up confessing to 30 murders. I think it was. <gasps> and they estimate it's much more than. 30. They estimate right. it could be as much as like 80 to 90. In the like, in the movie, originally they were like, "Yeah, you're going to jail for two counts of murder," and it's like, uh, "If only." Uh, there's yeah. a lot more going on there. Yeah, just the two. Yep. Yep. That's, but you got me. Yeah, it's it's almost written from this perspective where. It's it's kind of, it's kind of like you were a viewer at the time of the mm-hmm. trial, where it's like, again, we all know that he's uh, guilty of all these terrible things, right. but it shows it in a way that you would kind of be viewing at the time of the trial, mm-hmm. like you just kind of see his public persona, kind of that like whole hyped, like, right? Every exactly, single, like right. girl the age of like oh, thirteen God. to like thirty is it's just so like, in love with him. It's, it's almost so like strange. it's almost like they filmed it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. That's a good point that they yeah. they filmed it in a way that makes you feel as though like what we know about him is the same as what the audience knows, except right. that us the viewers know the whole story about. It's Ted a creative Bundy. approach. It's cool. I I thought yeah, that's that's very cool. Yeah, but okay, so I know everybody hyped up Bundy as being like a handsome guy, right? Yeah, he's not Zac Zac Efron. He's not, handsome. No. He's not Zac Efron. Handsome. Makes sense. Nobody is Zac Efron. No. Handsome. This, these are facts. Except us, but you just can't see us right now. I mean, he did a good job on the role, but it's it's almost like he was he did like a great job he was, on the role. He's a little too good looking. I yeah, but I think I mean, it was just. He you was know, perceived to be so good, like because I of the notoriety. He's, he's a modern kind of, you know, exactly. Of I think I that I think that using Zac Efron was uh, a deliberate choice because Zac Efron, how we view him, is probably how Ted Bundy's type was viewed back in the day. So I literally saw a screenshot on Twitter of him in like from this movie and they were like I didn't know how bad I needed 70s Zac Efron I'm like that's your takeaway from this movie that's the take it's a little telling of like yeah yeah. right right but exactly exactly almost to prove its own point it does yes it does Um, I I had a a little um, point about the use of yellow it's everywhere it is it's Everywhere in hot color. all the scenes, um, two things. One, yellow is a, a pretty standard '70s '60s staple when you're using color schemes. You know, right. so you've got yellow, green brown, mustard, green, brown. Yeah, yellow yeah, exactly. wallpaper is the brown. Exactly. Vest. Exactly. Like, I mean, his a very set color palette. Exactly. Almost. A lot of the stripes were, you know, brown, yellow, and and white or brown. You know, so right. Um, so you know, as much as you want to read into it, I thought it was really interesting because yellow, uh, it. Uh, symbolizes happiness, positivity, and clarity. But on the flip murder. side, it represents cowardice and deceit. Oh, um, interesting. Which is really, really interesting because a lot of... So, in a couple of the scenes that stand out in that way, um, although there's yellow all over this movie, specifically what's most interesting is that the first time he escapes where he's in the... Um, you know, he got his special privileges and he's got yeah, able to call anybody house. he wants. Yeah. Um, and they just adjourned court and the police officer that's watching him is, is supposed to... is talking to some girl... As it goes, and Ted sees this as his opportunity to leave, and he jumps out of this window, spoiler alert, uh, that has yellow curtains, Ah. which is really interesting. Um, At the beginning of the movie, uh, um, his 
wife or girlfriend at the time, she's wearing only yellow, uh, yellow kitchen. Mm-hmm. He it's, it's everywhere. It's on the walls. It's on the couches. It's on the blankets. Um, and like I said, it's a, it's a stylistic choice, but I think, I think also there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Um, for sure. on top of the fact that his, his bug was yellow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I think that that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, on top of the fact gets even oh. better. Multiple layers here. There is a drawing that his girlfriend's daughter draws for him and that he gets sent. And it's a picture of this shark. And uh, Ted, for some reason, loves this picture. Uh, he talks about how the tail is as big as its body. And uh, I think that it's kind of a reference to how he feels about himself. He feels like uh, he's this big shark in this mm-hmm. pond and he can take anybody and anything that he wants uh, on top of the fish. It's a picture of a shark eating a fish. And the fish is not yellow, but there's a third fish on the bottom of the picture. It's yellow. Oh, it's, it's yellow. yellow. It's a yellow fish. <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, that it's, yellow fish, man. That yellow fish, it got me, dude. It got that's me. When, that's when Tom finally figured out was the yellow fish. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you watch this movie for one thing, watch out for that yellow fish. That's right. It'll get you. I had uh, just one more point about this yellow thing. I really got stuck on it, and I thought I would just, I kept seeing it, and I couldn't get <laughs> it out of my yellow head. yellow vibe dude, this week. It, it, seriously. Um, what I thought was cool that they did is, um, as the movie progresses, Carol Ann wears less and less yellow. Um, and she gets into the more browns and blues and other things like that. But after the first arrest, even when they have his name and, and there's all these things that are pointing towards Ted not being yeah. innocent, uh, she is still wearing yellow and it kind of symbolizes her right. being like, no, 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 he couldn't do that. Like he's, you know, he's this guy, he's that yeah. guy, he's not that. Um, so that's the last thing I wanted to say about that. Speaking of, there's actually a very interesting quote from the, uh, the real Liz, um, and she says something along the lines of, like, even despite all these really terrible things that he's done and what a, you know, terrible human being he is, there will still always be a part of me that loves him, which is, hmm. I don't know how that could be possible. Yeah, but, that is, that's next but, level. And it's like, especially when she clearly was, like, very close to being a victim herself, because apparently the the profile of all of his victims, they all looked very similar to her. Like, they all had brown hair with a middle part and they all have like very similar profiles and even to the point where the little girl that he ends up murdering is like close to her daughter wow so it's like and she would talk you know that scene where he's like reading the book with this flashlight and Mm -hmm. you find out later that he's like looking at her like stomach there she would she that was actually a real thing she said that she would wake up some nights and he would be like studying her body oh and so like i don't know if he was like originally planning on killing her or something, right? That's and, what and I was maybe wondering. somehow he decided not to, and yeah. maybe he thought that that would be like a good facade for keeping up his serial True. killer lifestyle. But Dude, very creepy stuff. That is very creepy. Um, Josh, do you have any thoughts? I got one little extra thing I found. It was from the actress that played um, his fiance or girlfriend. Yeah, and it was how she said that she would feel like she was getting like visitors, like. Like a paranormal, supernatural, like Ooh, visitors of dang. like his victims visiting her, like while Ooh. they were recording. And this is a quote here. Put some uh, chills in you. <laughs> Cue the creepy goes, music. <laughs> I, I discovered that 3 a.m. is the time when the veil between the realms is thinnest and one can be visited. That's some Twilight Zone shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's true. I know that's yeah, true. Yeah, she was like, 
she said she started being woken up by flashes of images like the aftermath of a struggle. Oh. And she discovered Whoa. that 3am is like the quote I said before, the, when the veil is lifted, she says. Um, if paranormal activity is taught yeah, me anything. Like, 3am is, 3 is the time, man. That's yeah. the time. She said that she didn't feel scared, but she felt supported. Like, Whoa. Oh. That's cool. Yeah. An interesting take. Yeah. Usually people are like, I wanted to stop doing the movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Right. Because it wasn't like Ted visiting her. Yeah. Was, that uh, would yeah. be a little worse. Yeah. It was, oh my gosh. The victims were like. Unless he mind. looks like Zac Efron. Am I right? Uh, yeah. That's a joke. That's a, that's a joke. It's not a great one, but it's a joke. <laughs> I, I will say missed opportunity. They did not uh, give him a unibrow at any point. Yeah. Which I was pretty disappointed. Where's to see. the unibrow? Where right. is it? Zach, it was probably in the contract. <laughs> he said, he said, no Zach, way. Zach was like, I will become a vicious serial killer for this movie. I will not wear unibrow. No unibrow. Can't give me to do it. Can't do it. Um, I, I think, so I think, uh, this is just a little theory of mine, but I think Dennis from Always Sunny is almost based off of Ted Bundy to an extent. It's, it's pretty close. You kind of like, especially in the later seasons when he, you can kind of see him like this, the cracks in his ego. Yeah. yeah. Especially the scene where he's like, I have to have my tools when they're at their <laughs> I like to bind. I like to be bound. And he's got like zip ties and everything in his, in his trunk and like latex gloves. There's the scene where the cop pulls him over and he's in like a holding cell and like they talk about Bundy's tools oh, that he has where he's got gosh. like zip ties. So I think, I think that's a I actually goal. had one more thing to say about this drawing that he had because... Yeah. Um, so like I said before, he was very proud of it. So the fish, I want to go back to the, yeah, the so yellow fish. Yeah, so let me just talk about that yellow moment. fish. Um, I can't get off it. No, it's not actually the yellow fish. It's the picture as a whole. Uh, he he would ca- not carry it around, but he had it in his prison cells. Uh, he always had it taped up to where everyone could see it. And there's a scene when he's in the Florida prison, and he um, there he's talking to the investigator, and he goes, "Hey, did you see this picture?" And he goes, "Yeah, you know that shark." Yeah, uh, its tail is as big as its body, and and no one can mess with it. And the guy takes the picture, rips it up, and throws it in his face. And that's the very first time we see his charm not work. Mm -hmm. Like, where it just, it, it... it doesn't fly with these guys. And oh, yeah. on top of that, all of the guards come in and they, they hold him down. They get pictures of his teeth. And it's just this yeah. very defenseless feeling. And, it, you know, the destruction of that picture is just it's a very it's very much a turning point. Um, yeah. I just that's the last thing I wanted to say about it. Yeah. I thought that was cool. The the veil starts to crumble away. A little it does. Bit. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. Cool, cool movie. Interesting launch. I enjoyed it. If you got an hour and a half, two hours. It's on Netflix. I'm sure you have somebody's Netflix password you can mooch off of. Everybody's got somebody's password. <laughs> Thomas has my Hulu password. I have, I've got Brad's Hulu password. Me, I've got, he's got it. I've got Bronson's. Net, I mean, you know, it is what it is. We're all family. Yeah. We're all sharing. Big, We're big all mistake family. giving those up. Big Huge mistake. mistake. Um, yeah, so I guess that'll bring us to our our much anticipated. Our every week. Fan favorite. We really. know you guys love it. Our Discover Weekly. And uh, who's kicking us off today, huh? I believe I will. Oh, Josh will be. Go ahead. A little, uh, little song called Not Used, U-S-E-D, by Lola Kirk. Cool. Lola and we'll just, let's just play it real quick. Let's we'll just give it give a Give him a little taste right away.
was not used by Lola Kirk. And um, this is really the song just goes full circle, obviously. Of course. And there's no mistakes on the show. Um, <laughs> it's one of her biggest inspirations is actually episode three standout, Graham Parsons. Oh. And that, whoa. quote, cosmic cowboy sound we were all familiar with. Cosmic cowboy that. sound. That's and like the coolest name for a genre. It's it the is. coolest thing I've ever heard. And <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> I really wish that modern country music had gone this way. Instead of instead of whatever whatever, way it's whatever going. In I guess you call it music. In some reality, it did. Some mishmash. We're not of living sounds, in that reality. But but I mean, Lola Kirk. I she doesn't quite like. I've watched a few live kind of shows now just to kind of get kind of geared up. You're all about your live shows. She looks like just a normal like indie girl artist who's like 25. Like right. yeah. The like the pink strat and like oh, just yeah. looking Classic. like a normal, but then you hear that and you're like, oh wow, that's that's nice. So has she been on the scene for a little while now, or She's, is she relatively new? I don't know exactly when she. Let me let's do a quick search in the studio. A to, little numbers crunch for the fans. Quick numbers crunch. Um, in the just studio. To, yeah. just to see when the last thing came out. Definitely recently she's been yeah. kind of moving up. I gotcha. 71,586 monthly Spotify listeners, so she's not quite... Okay. She's getting there. She's, yeah, she's going up. Her most played song is almost at a million, so... Oh, she wow. almost has as many monthly listeners as we do. You would say yeah, so. about the you same. You would say so. So it looks like her earliest stuff was actually the EP that this song is on. was in right. 2016. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But she's got put a lot of singles out. So she's been out since 2016, essentially. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, I just, you know, I am obviously have some um i like country music but not what the way you think a hot the, take the authentic country and a, more like folk music honestly uh, is yeah. kind of yeah. what i identify most with but folk music is country music yes whatever country music is now what it should have been is not yeah. <laughs> it's not country and obviously music. the cosmic cowboy sound is very important to me um so the lyrics real quick just i mean the kind of recurring theme is just the because i'm still not used to being not used to you like used to like i'm used to you know being in the studio with these uh, lovely co-hosts here oh stop it so it's kind of like like a separation type thing um she's not used to not being not used to the person whatever it's kind of interesting uh lyrically give it give it a little a little look little kirk a little look-see not used on spotify (laughs) on spotify now. listen now swipe up uh well jump over uh, to tommy is that me it a it seems that way. In common theme with our Discover Weeklies, there is a very, <laughs> very is large no differentiation <laughs> going on. There's a stark um, difference. As you'll soon tell. My song of the week uh, was shown to me on Tuesday by my friend Holden. Um, he's in a band show, called Holden. Mansell. Check them out. Friend They're the an awesome band based out of Atlanta. Name is Mansell. Thank you, Holden, for this pick. It's uh, not something I would have found on my own. It's a song called Sugar Daddy by D'Angelo from the album Black Messiah. It got this Amen. album. This album. <laughs> let me say a few things first. This album got a 9.4 on Pitchfork. It's, wow. It is critically acclaimed. Okay. Um, the, the hands that have been on this album are names such as Miss Lauren Hill, oh, uh, rapper queen. Common, um, among many other people in the, in the hip-hop industry. Some big names. They are, yeah. Um, and one that caught my ear was their bassist for, specifically on this song, but on the whole album in general, is Pino Palladino, who is the bassist for a John Mayer trio. 
Um, JM. That's, that's a callback. That's Once a callback. Again, I don't know another if you friend of the show. Trend. We're going to mention the same six or seven artists, no matter what stretch we have to go through Listen, to get we'll to find them. It. We'll find it. Yeah, this is a hip-hop uh, album, but we still got to John Mayer Bet somehow. you thought we wouldn't get back to JM this episode, but... We did. Proved we got there. mistake thinking that. I, uh, I want to set the scene for you guys before we get into it. We are... Um, when I first heard this song, I'm thinking, all right... I, uh, I'm throwing on my flip-flops, my cargos, my white t-shirt. I'm grabbing a spatula, six burgers <laughs> on the grill. That's where we're at. I'm flipping this song on. Everyone outside starts jamming to it. Full boomer mode. It's full, active. Full the, baby it's, boomer mode. It's definitely a cookout soundtrack. It's a cookout soundtrack. Uh, this is Sugar Daddy by D'Angelo. <laughs> That was Sugar Daddy by D'Angelo and the Vanguard. It's <laughs> I gotta laugh when I hear the name. <laughs> Sugar Daddy. It, Listen, it's, it's a ends in an H, right? Not an R. It does. That is S U G A H. Daddy. Um, in true D'Angelo fashion. Um, like I said, this is this is your go-to cookout song. You're going outside. You're flipping this on. Definitely get the vibe from listening to it. I, I agree. Um, my my dad's side of the family. I know for a fact they all know this song. Um, <laughs> And you know what? It's it's just one of those songs. You can't help but just... I don't know, man. I, I'm dancing to it every time I hear it, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, it reminds me of like something you would hear on like the intro to a movie. Like as yep. the credits are rolling, totally. maybe in the opening, you yeah. know? And there's kind of like a nice montage. You, you're walking through something. Brooklyn or right, something. Right, right, right. Yeah, I agree. Um, it feels very much like that. And uh, it was featured on the soundtrack for uh, an HBO series called Insecure, for those of you familiar. Um, that's just a fun little fact I just learned now. Um, as he saw the album cover. As I saw the, or album the show cover. soundtrack. D'Angelo, he's considered a, a pretty big wig in the hip hop community. And on top of that, this album, uh, Black Messiah, um, is not experimental, but he blends a lot of sounds. So there's another song on this album that has uh, jazz influence, it has a classical music sample uh, on top of the hip hop undertone that, you know rides through the whole album yeah which is really cool this whole album i mean it's just black messiah is the album and it's pretty cool um i i really like his sound a lot and i feel like it's very unique and gives you this uh easygoing kind of feeling um yeah that's sugar daddy enjoy that that's sugar that's daddy, a that's baby. a gem for our listeners uh, a real quick tidbit about d'angelo actually uh oh he he's on the red dead 2 soundtrack oh, oh. it's cowboy season a song called unshaken it's a good nice. song I yeah. shazammed it while I was doing the ride along because I was like, what's that? Went into the cinematic mode. Yeah, yeah, I, was like, the road. I was like, that's, that's it. Nice. I love it. Uh, yeah. And Brad, 
Um, I guess I'm taking it on home. Bring us home, buddy. Don't screw it up. Oh, just you wait. (laughs) There's always time. Uh, So this is a song called The Bottom of It by Fruit Bats, which I discovered uh, between my rampant listening of Vampire Weekend (laughs) (laughs) these past couple days. Um, And you know what? I'll... I'm, I'm just going to let you hear it firsthand before I start talking about it. Now that you've gotten to the automobile, your years and you feel your best yet. And you found a turkey feather and you hung it like an amulet. So happy that you got to the bottom of the fears that were feathering you. And you found a round stone and you're wearing it around like a Jew. Fruit Bats, as I've said probably four or five times at this point. Um, but yeah, so this was just a little little ditty I found on my Discover Weekly. And Fruit Bats been around for a while. I think their first album was back in 2013. Um, but recently they've been putting out some singles, um, presumably for a new album on the come up. Uh, but I'm pretty excited for it. This song... Uh, what really drew me in was kind of like his vocal style. Yeah, it's cool. It's very, like, every word kind of flows into the other word, as in it kind of starts high and it kind of is down low by the end of it. It's very it's, dreamy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like slurred into each other. Like, mm-hmm. I have a hard time kind of figuring out what he's saying. Yeah, it's like, it's lazy, but it, it works very well. It makes you, it gives you that feeling of like, right. wow, this just feels like a dream. Like, I'm just kind of floating through and... Exactly. Uh, exactly. Very, very dreamy summertime sound. Nice little low-key acoustic stuff going on bringing us into summer bringing us into summer i just i keep saying that like oh it's the track of the summer and we're still pretty early into spring yeah it's may it's still may we're not officially summer (laughs) there are only winter and summer tracks okay spring and fall fall maybe especially in georgia you don't get either well yeah that's because they don't exist here so they do not exist um but yeah i mean there's not too much to say about it yeah no just a nice a nice bob for being completely honest my main focus has been on Vampire Weekend, yeah. so I haven't yeah, had a ton of time to like delve yeah. deep. Also, a... cannot seem to find the lyrics for this song anywhere. Really? Uh, yeah, I've been having a hard time. Are they pretty genius? Let me down. Are they down? Like, uh, are they kind of? They're not like known. Unknown. I think they had a million monthly oh, okay. on Spotify. Oh, wow. So like that's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty decent numbers. It's not, it's not bad. <laughs> a million. <laughs> that's alright. I guess. That ain't bad. Okay. I mean, for us, it's probably pretty bad numbers, but I mean, yeah, on a good day, nothing compared to the numbers we're doing. But ten mil. Yeah, ten mil an episode, probably somewhere around there. At least. Nine, ten mil, you know, uh, on a good day. You know, if you haven't heard of them, Fruit Bats, check them out. Yeah. The bottom of it. I enjoyed that song. Nice little, nice little simple song, windows down driving, having a good time. A nice simple song to uh, to wrap up our episode. A nice simple song. A nice simple song. Your, mo- your mother would have loved it. It's a perfect song. I swear, I swear to you. It was played only a matter of time funeral. before the old Italian man came out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, well, uh, yeah, that, I really like that song a lot. You put it on our playlist, and I, I've been listening to it. So. Stop. Well, you know, it's a uh, you flatter me. Give credit due where credit oh is due. Oh my, oh my god. Don't used it though. Yeah, that's true. It's Don't few get and far used between. to it. 
Listen, hey, it means something when I give you a compliment because it's few and far It only between. makes it feel that much better. Exactly, exactly. Well, that uh, that's it. We got we we covered <laughs> it all. It. Go home. How, how does that feel? You know, you can just turn um, it off now. You can't though because we have announcements. Yeah, announcements. we got a few yes. announcements. Um, one is uh, be on the lookout for some featured picks merchandise. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, we are thinking about doing shirts. Maybe we're, we might start with some stickers first. A couple stickers. Um, can't reveal too much yet. It's all very up in the air, but we got some things working. If you want to see them, follow us on Instagram. Follow our Instagram. We'll be posting them there. Who knows? Find us at featured picks. Snag that handle. Don't know how. We, uh, we'll we, never know. We might be doing a little giveaway. Who knows? Oh, I mean, stay tuned. Say. Stay tuned on our social media for real at featured picks. Um, and I also wanted to plug the reason we had to move our episode release from Tuesday to Thursday is other because than the Met Gala. other than the Met Gala, because we were there, we were there. It's true. Um, I have been shooting a short film with my buddy Griffin Freeman, and he wrote. Yeah, Griffin is a friend, definitely friend of the show, friend of the show, friend of the show for sure. Uh, Griffin wrote and directed and starred in this short. A true Renaissance man. A true Renaissance man. It's years in the making. It's called um, Will to Live, and uh, actually not Will to Live. Will to Live is the foundation oh that it's gosh. based on. I'm so sorry. Amateur. Free Will it's is like what it's called. It. Um, and. Uh, I play Will, and Griffin plays Will's best friend, and it basically details the story of um, a high schooler at Chattahoochee High School, which is our in our local Georgia area, and um, a lot of people were affected by this kid who committed suicide, and it's it's a very serious story that Griffin felt needed to be told, and so he wrote it uh, probably five years ago and has been perfecting it ever since then, and he flew out from L.A., and we shot it in three days, and he's back, and so... We're done. It feels good. Um, it's a sign of the times when you fly from L.A. to Atlanta I mean, to film dude, something. Seriously, <laughs> it's Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta, baby. The city that never sleeps. City that never it. sleeps. Yeah. Um, the windy city. <laughs> I, uh, I'm excited about it. It's it's an important story that I feel like we told well. And um, yeah, so stay tuned for updates about that. We'll we'll have a um, social media thing going, and um, I just wanted to mention that before we wrap things up. Other than that. Uh, this has been Featured Picks. Episode four, baby. Episode four. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, toss us a like, subscribe, give us a little rating. If you're feeling crazy, and, send us something to talk about. And send then us also your featured pick. Tell every single person you walk by on the street uh, to listen. So yeah, yeah. that too. That too. We don't ask for much. <laughs> we ask for the bare just minimum. your undying support and maybe fealty. I don't know. Maybe. That, yeah, can we contractually maybe yeah, we oblige work, people to swear fealty? Yep. Excellent. Anyways, guys, we will see you next week. Adios. See ya.